Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. If I can get kind of personal, if you've watched this show a lot, periodically I bring up the fact that I have struggled with same-sex attraction, this homosexual temptation stuff, most of my life. By the grace of God, I'm celibate. I've always been celibate. I believe that's a sin. But years ago, I was being tempted to leave the Christian ministry, leave the Christian faith, and go off in that direction. And I had this dream. I dreamt that I died and stood before the gates of heaven. The gates of heaven opened up and this beautiful music poured out. And then a group of lots of people dressed in white came to greet me. And in the front row, dressed in white, was my dad and my brother. And I started crying. But then it dawned on me in the dream, I had rejected Christ before I died, and I wasn't going to get inside those gates. And I started to wail. And while I'm wailing, I heard my jaw snap shut and I heard a grinding noise in my ears. It was the gnashing of my teeth. And I woke up. And I think the Lord was telling me, think again. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about heaven and hell. What did Jesus teach about heaven and hell? For 2,000 years, Christians have been going to church believing in heaven and hell. If you go to the great cathedrals of, of Europe, many of which are 900 years old, when you walk in the door, there's a sculpture over the door, or there's a huge painting inside at the back of the church of the Last Judgment. And you see Jesus coming down in the clouds, the dead are being raised, the saved are going up to heaven, the damned are going down to hell. And when you went to church in ancient uh, medieval Europe, you knew there was a heaven and a hell. You know what is tragic? Some in the church today are poo-pooing the idea of hell. Here is a gay Lutheran pastor by the name of Robert Parker who said this, quote, what the church didn't do for Judas in this life, God will do for Judas in the next. There is no eternal hell. All people will eventually be saved by a loving God who never gives up on his children after a time of purgation. In other words, everybody goes to heaven, nobody goes to hell. I read that and I thought, by what authority, I'm a Lutheran pastor, I read that and I thought, by what authority does that Lutheran pastor get rid of hell? Does he know more than Jesus, who we're going to see now preach hell? Wait a minute, it gets worse. The head bishop of the liberal evangelical Lutheran Church in America was recently interviewed by a Chicago newspaper. Bishop Eaton, is there a hell? Her response, there may be, but I think it's empty. Again, by what authority, Bishop Eaton, do you get rid of the Bible's teaching, Jesus' teaching, that there's a heaven and a hell? Just because you don't like the doctrine doesn't make it go away. <laughs> so what we're going to do now we're going to look at Jesus' teaching on heaven and hell. Would you take out your Bible, turn to me, with me to 
Luke chapter 16. And the question is, what did Jesus teach about heaven and hell? Let's pray first. Father, undoubtedly there are people watching this program who are on their way to hell. We pray, Lord, that you will wake them up before it's too late. Bring them to Christ, Lord. And Lord, for those of us who are Christians, we would pray that you would deepen our belief in heaven and hell and help us tell others the important good news of Christ's salvation. Speak to us, we pray, Lord, now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you the context of Luke 16. Jesus is speaking this parable to the Pharisees. And Luke has just told us Pharisees were lovers of money. So here's the teaching. Luke chapter 16, starting at verse 19. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. At his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Now this is not the Lazarus Jesus rose, raised from the dead. That's a different Lazarus. And this Lazarus, this poor man, was covered with sores, laid at the rich man's gate. Here's the first lesson I want you to get. God lays people before us. This rich man is going to be held accountable for what he did with this poor man whom God laid in front of him. Christian, that's true for you and me. God lays people in all of our lives. God on the last day will hold us accountable for what we did with the people whom God laid before us. I don't think that means you have to give to every baker on the street, but it does mean that you're generous. You know, you might say, well, aren't we just saved by grace? We are, but when God saves you by his grace, it comes out in generosity. And if you have no generosity in your life toward the poor, toward the unsaved, are you saved? Verse 21, the poor man desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. Here's the next lesson. Angels come for us at our death. I remember years ago hearing Billy Graham say, when you die, the angels come to get you. And I remember thinking, that's not in the Bible. Well, it is right here. Billy Graham was right. The angels came for this poor man when he died. And here's another lesson from Luke 16, verse 22. The Old Testament saints are in heaven. It says he went to be with Abraham. Now, Abraham lived 2000 BC. Sometimes you get the question, well, the people who lived before Jesus died on the cross, like Abraham, Moses, Sarah, Ruth, these Old Testament saints, they died before Jesus died on the cross. So did they go to heaven? The answer is yes. They believed in the Jesus who was to come. We believe in the Jesus who has come, but we're saved in the very same way through the atonement of Christ. In other words, Jesus' death on the cross was retroactive to the saints who came before his death on the cross. One more thing to say about Abraham. Abraham was rich in the Old Testament. And here he is in heaven. Rich people can go to heaven. The, the point of this parable is not going to be that all rich people go to hell. The point of this parable is going to be what you do with riches can be fatal. And if all you do with your wealth is hold on to it, that can be fatal to your eternal soul. So let me just stop and ask this question. What are you doing with the money God has given to you? 
Does any of that go to the Lord, to the poor, to world missions? If all you do is hang on to your money, have you been saved by the grace of God? I'm going to put on the screen now Samaritan's Purse phone number. This is a, an organization, a Christian organization that helps the suffering, helps tornado victims, hurricane victims, earthquake victims, and they preach the gospel while they feed the hungry. It's one of the places I give money. And if, if you've got the Lord's blessing in your life and you never give, you've got to ask yourself, have you been saved by the grace of God? There's a phone number to call, 828-262-1980, and ask them how you can donate to Samaritan's Purse. Verse 22. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus, the poor man, at his side. Here's the next lesson. Annihilationism is not taught. <coughs> When I was in my first year of college, I tried to believe in a heresy called annihilationism, meaning if you don't believe in Christ when you die, you're just wiped out. You don't go to hell for eternity. You just get wiped out. Well, I was in a Bible study, and the friends in my Bible study said, Tom, the Bible teaches hell. It doesn't teach it annihilationism. It teaches hell. So I reread my New Testament my first year in college. Every time it mentioned hell, I wrote the verse down. By the end of the year, my mind started to change. I believe in eternal hell now. Why? Because Jesus taught it. And if Jesus is my Lord, I'm obligated to believe what he says. <laughs> in this story, the, poor, the rich man is not wiped out. He's in hell begging to get out. Seventh-day Adventists. Jehovah's Witnesses, and now some liberal Protestants don't believe in hell anymore. They believe in annihilationism. They're wrong. Yeah. Look at verse 24. And he called out, Father Abraham, this is the rich man calling out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus, the poor man, to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Here's the next lesson. Hell is eternal torment. Jesus said this in, in Matthew 25, the damned will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You know, I've had about six times in my life where I've woken up in the middle of the night and it's just ringing in my head, there really is an eternal hell. <clears throat> In my house growing up, Dad said a lot, oh hell, he used that expression, oh hell a lot. I never say oh hell. And you know why? Because I don't want to be flippant. I don't want to at all make the fact that hell is there something I use as a swear word. Now and then I'll ask somebody, when is the last time you heard your pastor preach on hell? And sometimes I get the response, I've never heard our pastor preach on hell. I don't get that. Years ago when I was still in the liberal branch of Lutheranism called the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, it's a very liberal denomination, my congregation and I left that for a more biblical branch of Lutheranism. But in the ELCA Lutheran Church, I used to go to the liberal conventions every year and I didn't hear people talk about heaven and hell and that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We heard lots of liberal politics one year, I'm at the convention. 
somebody gets up and makes a resolution about the dangers of the styrofoam cup. And we Lutherans in Minnesota, we love our coffee, but let's get rid of all the styrofoam cups because it's destroying the environment, and let's get ceramic cups. I got to the microphone and I said, if this denomination cared half as much about the dangers of eternal hell as we do for the dangers of the styrofoam cup, there might be some hope for this denomination. The most famous sermon in American history was preached by the Puritan Jonathan Edwards in 1742. The name of the sermon is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. It's all about hell. It's frightening. And at the end of the sermon, Jonathan Edwards says, As it was in the days of John the Baptist, the axe is in an extraordinary manner laid at the root of the trees. Every tree which does not bring good, forth, good fruit forth will be hewn down and cast into the fire. Therefore, let everyone that is out of Christ now awake and fly from the wrath to come. The wrath of Almighty God is now undoubtedly hanging over a great part of this congregation. Let everyone fly out of Sodom. Haste and escape for your lives. Look not behind you. Escape to the mountain, lest you be cons consumed. Jonathan Edwards' point was, whether you like the doctrine of heaven or hell or, or not, Jesus said there's a heaven, Jesus said there's a hell, and if you don't believe in Christ right now, run to Christ, fly to Christ before it's too late. Verse 25, but Abraham said to the rich man in hell, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus, the poor man, in like manner bad things. Now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Here's the next lesson. The great reversal is coming. On the last day, the people that hated Christians, tormented Christians, beheaded Christians, will be given their lot, and the Christians who suffered death and, su and such for Christ will be given their lot. One day God's going to reverse everything. Verse 25, and says Abraham, besides all this between us and you a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here heaven to you in hell may not be able and none may cross from there hell to us in heaven. Here's the next lesson. Your eternity is fixed for eternity. It's not like you go to hell for a while and then you're bounced up. Uh-uh. When you go to hell, you go to hell forever. But hallelujah, when you go to heaven, you go to heaven forever. I had a uh, teenager ask me once, well, Pastor Brock, when you're in heaven, is it possible you might sin and get kicked out? I said, no, hallelujah. When you're in heaven, your nature has been so changed and transformed, you don't even want to sin. When you get into heaven, you're there, hallelujah, forever. You don't cross over. Verse 27. And then he, the rich man, said, Then I beg you, Father Abraham, to send him, Lazarus, the poor man, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, that's the Old Testament, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, that's the Old Testament again, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Here's the next lesson. If you won't listen to the Bible, Moses and the prophets, you won't listen to a miracle either. 
And remember, this story is being told to the Pharisees, and later the Pharisees will witness Jesus rise, raise Lazarus from the dead. That's a different Lazarus, but that miracle didn't convince them. So when somebody says, I, I had a friend, an agnostic, well, Tom, if God would just give me some fiery vision, I'd believe in God. I'm not so sure you would. You've already got evidence. Look at the intricate human body. Look at the vast, intricate universe we live in. How does all this hold together? I mean, you've already got all this evidence. I don't know that one more miracle is going to do it. Let me share with you now the point of this whole story that Jesus told. Here's the main point. The rich man went to hell because of what he did and didn't do with money. Let me say that again. This rich man went to hell because of what he did and didn't do with money. A friend of mine preached on money one day and I said to him after church, yeah, I kind of think that's where the rubber meets the road. And when somebody says, I love Jesus, part of me wants to say, can I look at your checkbook? Any evidence in your checkbook that you love Jesus? <laughs> and, and I know people can say, well, we're not saved by how much money we give. We're saved by the grace of God alone. But we're only saved by what Jesus did on the cross. I agree with that. But isn't it also true that when you're saved by the grace of God and what he did for you on the cross, that changes your heart at least to a degree so that you're generous. And if you're never generous, you're clinging on to all your money, have you been saved by the grace of God? My question for you is, the money you have is what you are doing with it right now fatal. Here is what one New Testament commentator Plummer said. The main lesson is that to possess great wealth and use it solely for yourself without laying up treasure in heaven, is fatal. So is what you're doing with money fatal? I hope you all tithe. I hope you all go to church. I hope at least 10% of your money goes to the Lord, and more so because we live in America where we can easily give more than 10%. Well, let me close the sermon by telling you this. My question, closing question is, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Will you spend eternity in heaven or in hell. Let me tell you this story. I was talking to a 65-year-old blind man, and he said, let me tell you what happened to me. When I was 21 years old, I was working on a tractor. The grease flew into my eyes and blinded me. That happened when I was 21. I've been blind ever since. I have a heart attack. I die on the operating table. For the first time in 40-some years, I can see. I, st I find myself standing in this beautiful green uh, valley, lots of beautiful green grass. In front of my feet was this crystal clear stream. I looked across the stream on a hill was a beautiful golden city. And I was going to cross the stream to go to that beautiful city. But before I could, some dogs started to chase me in the other direction. And they chased me and chased me till I was confronted by this long, tall wall. And he said, I couldn't see on the other side, but I heard people screaming on the other side of that wall, and smoke was rising from the top. And he said, boom, I'm back on the operating table. Surprised the doctors came back to life. And he said, I was not a Christian when that happened. I am now. Listen, I, I got to tell you, according to what Jesus taught, there's a heaven and a hell. And what I'm going to say is what Jonathan Edwards said in the 1700s. If you don't know Christ, fly to Christ. 
flee to him. I don't care if you're Judas, Jew, Jewish, Buddhist, Mohammedan, Christian, whatever. Everybody needs to flee to Christ, fly to Christ, accept him, trust him, find a good church, and put your trust in Jesus so you go to the right place for all eternity. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Tom, are you saying that if someone does not give money to God or others, are you saying they're not Christians? If that's been going on for a long time in their life, only the Lord can answer that, Jackie, for each person, but something's wrong. And I think Jesus told the parable in Luke 16 to say, if all you care about is you and nobody else, you haven't been saved by the grace of God. So I think if, if somebody's watching this, they never give to the work of the Lord or to help the, the downtrodden, they got to really ask themselves, do they really believe in Jesus? Okay. I thought all Christians believed in heaven, and hell, heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. And you're saying not all They're, Christians do, which all don't. All right, well, Jehovah's Witnesses, and I don't believe they are Christians. That's a cult. They deny that Jesus is God, and they're pretty much into work salvation. Um, they don't believe in eternal hell. Seventh-day Adventists don't believe in eternal hell. And like we just said, liberal, very liberal Protestants, Methodists, Episcopalians, Lutherans, some of them do not believe in hell either. So those are the people that have rejected hell. I used to try to reject the doctrine. J Jackie, it's in the Bible. Whether I like it or not, Jesus taught it. Yeah. Okay. Um, if people go to heaven or hell when they die, where does Judgment Day fit in? Yeah. I mean, I thought that yeah. you wouldn't go to heaven or hell until after Judgment yeah, Day. Yeah, and so here's the way I would put it together. I hope I'm right. Some of this is a mystery. In this story in Luke 16, immediately the rich man went to hell, the poor man went to heaven. Well, so where does Judgment Day fit in? If everybody's already in heaven or hell, why do we go through Judgment Day? Well, I think there's still a Judgment Day coming. For Christians, it's not a determination of our eternity. We already know in Christ we're saved, but it is a determination of our rewards. Some Christians, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, chapter 3, some Christians go into heaven with rewards, and some don't. They go into heaven, they're still saved, but they don't go in with rewards. So I think Judgment Day is more a matter of sorting out the rewards for believers. You know, I, as you're saying those kind of things, it's funny, you don't hear very many ministers or preachers talk about heaven and hell and yeah. how to avoid one place and go to the other. Yeah, isn't that crazy, Jackie? Because hmm. it's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that hell is literally a place of fire? Well, in hell, there will be fire. There will also be darkness. Okay, so if there's fire going on, how can how there can be darkness? Dark? <laughs> and and I think the way that. they, if somebody asks me, well, what do you think? Do you think hell is literal fire or do you think it's symbolic fire? I think the answer is, I don't know. I just know I don't want to go there. And it's going to be horrible, whether it's literal or symbolic. It's eternal separation from God, and that's going to be horrible. Okay, let's take it to a happy note then. Yeah. What will heaven really be like? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't give a lot of description of heaven, but it does tell us there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more tears, 
will have full knowledge in heaven. Now I know in part, in heaven I shall understand fully, 1 Corinthians 13. So we'll, we'll be perfected in heaven, we'll be holy, but we'll be worshiping the Lord or on the throne. But more details than that, the, the Bible doesn't give us a lot. So how can someone be sure they'll really go to heaven? All right, they, the Apostle Paul was asked that question by the uh, Corinthian jailer. And the jailer is about to kill himself, and Paul says, don't kill yourself. And he falls down, and he says, men, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. So we put our faith in Jesus, trusting his atonement for the forgiveness of our sins. That's the way we are sure. Okay. But isn't it arrogant for some people to say that they know for sure they're going mm -hmm, to heaven? Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah. None of us deserve heaven. No, and so here's, the, here's what I say, you know, I do believe, I know for sure I'm saved and I'm going to heaven if I drop dead right now. Is that arrogant? I don't think so, because my salvation, it does, if it depended on me, it'd be arrogant. Yeah, I think I'm good enough to go. That's not why I'm saying it. First John 5.13 says, I write this to you who believe in Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. The reason I'm going to heaven is not because of me, it's because of Jesus on the cross. So it's not arrogant, because my salvation doesn't depend on me, it depends on Christ. So it's humble, it's not arrogant. Okay, this is an interesting question for you then. Is the devil in hell right now? No, it says Satan right now is prowling about the earth as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Satan will not be in hell until the end. Right now he's on earth with his demons. So will he rule hell when he... It, you know, some people think the devil runs hell. First of all, he's not even there yet. Number two, it never says the devil runs hell. My guess is Satan will be on the lowest rung in hell. He won't be running anything. That's, you know, that's more, I think, in line. So what exactly is reincarnation? Uh-huh. If you are a Hindu, or a, a, a some Buddhists and a lot of New Agers believe that when you die, if you have bad karma on your soul, you have to come back as a cow or as a human or whatever. And actually, eventually, when you work yourself up to a level of goodness, you're absorbed into the nirvana, it's nothingness, and, and you have to keep coming back on earth. The Bible says the opposite. Uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 927, I think, it is appointed unto man to die once and after that comes judgment. Not you keep coming back, you die once and then it's heaven or hell. Where did that all come from? Hin Hinduism has been around a long, long time, even longer than Christianity. And it, it comes from basic Hindu teaching. Well, we want to thank you for being with us. We hope that this program has encouraged you and we'd like to thank you for your support of us and we just pray that God would be with you this week granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.